mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to Cinenauts Exploring the Criterion. Ooh. Got a big Ooh, yeah. episode this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Academy Award nominated but not winning Oof. documentary Time. Yeah. That, uh, uh, that was, is going to wrap up our little Oscars month of exploration. Yeah. Thanks for everyone who hung out with us last week, though, on our little self-healing episode. It was good. I think it was well timed. It was so nice. It was nice to just like hang out with you guys and catch up and giggle and just talk about things that make us happy or things that we absolutely <laughs> detest, like Black Mirror. <laughs> Ian. But <laughs> either way, it's good to just vent, get it off your chest, you know? <laughs> you know, a little bit later, we'll definitely do our deep dive conversation at the time. We'll get to some social media tea with Boom. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, us synonyms, we've been scheming a little, a little bit. Stay scheming. Uh, in, in our little DMs. Always scheming. Synonyms, always exploring, trying to figure out new ways to podcast and talk about movies. And uh, we're going to test something out Yeah. next month, starting with Catcher's Pick. But uh, if you want to hear what we're going to be doing, you're going to have to wait but uh, t- until the end of this episode, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Typically, we'd go over what we watched. Does anyone really want to talk about something we watched this week, or should we just talk about uh, the Oscars? I mean, That's I could dish. talk about Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Let's. Let, all right. Hold on. <laughs> Before we get to the Oscars, let's yeah, get to Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Two pressing this, topics this, this is serious week: talk. Mortal yeah, Kombat and the Oscars, <laughs> yeah. and how Mortal Kombat is yeah. going to sweep Oscars twenty twenty two. Yeah, the biggest night in film and the Oscars. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The biggest night in film history. Also, the Oscars happened. It's cool. I was just going to say, like, I had no stakes in Mortal Kombat whatsoever. So when Ian was talking mm-hmm. about it last week, I was like, okay, my interest is peaked. Like, I will watch it where I probably would have just, like, passed on it. But then just based on like our discussions and like discourse like that we've been having in the DMs, like I feel like I've just been like riding for y'all because I've also found myself getting like pre-annoyed that people were being like super film bro and like, <laughs> you know, whatever about, it. about it. And I was like, yep. I didn't even play these games. Like I didn't <laughs> even care about this movie until last week. And now I'm just like out here with you guys so <laughs> yeah before we get to catch the view just on that i mean i i read some letterboxed reviews uh from you know professional critics i'm not gonna name names but just like get talking about about things that you just don't talk about when you watch a movie yeah. like this like i don't understand why people just have to take these things so seriously like and like I don't think they're being ironic in the really serious reviews when people are talking about like oh like the story structure just I'm like what story stru- like, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing like come on it's very clear <laughs> within like the first 20 like 50, 10 minutes of the film that you're just <laughs> there to have you're there for a good time not a long time like 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Even I could see that and appreciate it. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like I always can have fun with stuff, but just yeah. just chill out, bros. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Come on, guys. Uh anyway, catcher, talk to us about Mortal Kombat. Okay, so I've been like, I was like writing a review and uh, for Letterbox, and then you know something happens, and then you can't save it, so then it goes away. And I didn't bother to retype it, but it started off with, "This is not a film," because it's not. <laughs> I mean, like to get the small bit of like bro, film bro stuff aside, like film can have any kind of structure it wants, but this is this has nothing sure. to do with anything. Like nothing that happens in this movie <laughs> means anything, and that's and. I still had such an amazing time watching this movie. It's just like <laughs> yeah. there's barely enough like in between matter to get you to the next fight scene. And then you're there and yeah. then you're fighting. And then you see some guy like rip the heart out of a monster. Spoilers. Like it's awesome. Like how can you, there's a character called Cabal who yeah. I never, like I played very little Mortal Kombat growing up, but it was always a game that I played okay. a bit and like enjoyed I'd never thought about this character in my whole life, but he came on screen and started doing cabal stuff with all this purple light flashing everywhere. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was, I was freaking out. <laughs> like, it's, it's so cool. Um, it gave you just enough to laugh. The jokes were fine. The action was awesome. And mm-hmm. they just kept giving you enough of it that you just were on, you on the, the next one and you were into it on the hook. Exactly. Like I 100%. wanted the credits to come through and right at the end, like, avenger style like these characters will be you know coming to avenger but i wanted Mm -hmm. it to be like check out the six-part series on like whatever right now (laughs) like go now it's already there we've loaded it up for you it's already there like i needed more of it like absolutely immediately um because it just teases mortal kombat it doesn't you don't even get mortal Kombat like proper it's just like a lead up too so you're just like you're you you want the sequel like right away which is crazy i read a funny comment where it was like this is a really great trailer for mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like <laughs> exactly um i thought just some like little nitpicks sub-zero's yeah. costumes garbage really i thought it was cool no Ooh. he was it yeah. was too bulky too bulky really too, like his head looked sweet. so big the mask was like too ornate. I just didn't like the vibe. I thought Sub Zero looked cool. It was um, the lead guy whose name I don't know because I'm not like a Cole Young. Mortal Kombat. He's yeah. a new character for the film. He's not in the games. I'm sure he will be moving forward, but as of today, he's not in the games. His costume okay, sucks cool. bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his costume sucked. Bad. Yeah. Everybody really else bad. <laughs> Everybody else looked cool as fuck. <laughs> Of like yeah. the Tomb Raider aesthetic on the blonde girl and Sonya. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ian's like learn the names. Yeah, they're all these are all the people. Come on, no, I I, yeah. I I loved the video games growing up, and I love the original movie. The original movie is so fun, and they had so much good like stupid fan service along yeah. the way. That, totally, uh, I, probably boom. You probably didn't catch like a lot of the things, but for me, I was like, oh yeah, like it's cool. They said this or they did this little thing, so. We did it as nice. like a, yeah. a movie, like a date night. So it was me, Emma, our buddy DL, mm-hmm. uh, his girlfriend, and our friend Johnny also joined. Um, Johnny. And me and my buddy DL, Mike, we were just like, oh, yeah. Like we were just <laughs> brilliant. And like 
it was it was like incredible, like for no nothing at all, just the dumbest stuff. But it was so fun. It was like a fun, exciting experience. It reminded me of like movies that I feel like just like don't get made anymore, where it's just mm-hmm. like the stakes are kind of low for what it has to be, even though like. I guess like the stakes of Mortal Kombat are pretty high. <laughs> Quite high. Um, yeah. yeah, take over the world. <laughs> but it's like I I don't know. It's just like the those like silly action films that you can like literally just get lost in and have a good time with. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that just kind of doesn't really happen as much anymore because it's either going like so much like one way where it's just like a genuinely shit movie or like so much in the other way where it's like taking itself <laughs> so seriously. Um, yeah. So exactly like what you guys said, like it finds this middle place, but it was like almost like had this nostalgic feeling to it that I like really didn't know I was missing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a nineties, like action movie just with like way better yeah. special effects and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it did feel like it was saving, like holding back for the sequel in yeah. a way, which is kind of upsetting. Because you kind of wish, like, if they had put all this attention and love into, like, a fully formed movie, I think it could have been awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they managed to do a sort of, like, stopgap to the sequel, like, in a way that feel felt at least in the first viewing, like, fresh and fun. Yeah. Now, now to the real Mortal Kombat. Yeah, now to the, the real. Oscars 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we thinking about, like, what, what are everyone's overall <laughs> thoughts on uh you know on the oscars on on, on the oscars Um, okay can i just get something quickly out of the way because we'll get to all the disappointments and sadness or confusions um the one thing i will say is as cringeworthy as it created i appreciated that no one got music off no matter how long they went yeah like there's something about that where it's like listen most of these guys should shut up. No one cares about them. Like, not for nothing, but there's people out there talking for an hour that it's like, this is the only time they'll ever be winning an award, like, beyond, and they're just taking advantage of it, and it's <laughs> mm-hmm. unfortunate, and it's, like, rough for, like, a show aesthetic. It's rough, but it's like, yo, you're celebrating these people. Let them let them get the list of 400 people they need to thank so we can move on. You know? I appreciate that, but anyways, overall, what did you guys think? Uh... I thought it was really cool. I really liked, I thought Steven Soderbergh did a really good job directing it and producing it. I thought it was really cool that it was in widescreen. It took me like a little bit to understand. Like I was looking at it and like, there's something that looks really cool. And it was, that it was in widescreen. I thought that was a nice touch and like the handheld cameras and it, it, it had like a cool vibe to it. Uh, I, I, I think it was a little self-indulgent, like for a year where a lot of people didn't watch the movies, it felt weird that they didn't spend any time like showing what the movies were. They just like mm. talked about each actor's background and all sorts of stuff, which I thought was cool. They but, were like, like going out of their way to be like, hey, guys. Yeah. We like, used to not be rich. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like, don't we, used to we also. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This guy right. used to be a key grip for such and such a person four years ago before he's now a millionaire. It's like, right. great. Okay, and, good for you. And like, I don't think <laughs> I needed, I, I really didn't need like, you know, actors talking about how much they loved other actors. Like that's, I don't know. I, I didn't think that was that interesting to me. Um, 
<laughs> oh yeah, was uh, <laughs> was that Laura Dern just being like, yeah, talking about like Daniel, all- you, your performance changed the whole perspective I had on race yeah. relations. Yeah, so yeah, it like, just like, felt forced. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but overall, I honestly, I, I thought it was pretty good. Boom, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, this was probably the first time in a while that I was like genuinely interested in. Uh, the Oscars, like I'm always kind of tuned in, but um, I think for me, I've watched a lot of the films, I guess if you're doing a podcast that co- is covering them <laughs> has something to do with that. But um, no, I like I watched most of the films. I was like generally stoked. I was happy to see kind of like this wide range of representation um, that was happening, like the best supporting actor there was one it was paul racy and one white guy mm-hmm. everybody like yeah um crazy. i was excited to see what happened and how it would go down i felt like i like genuinely had like some stakes in it and like people i was like really rooting rooting for um i was never like dis particularly disappointed in anything like mm-hmm. any of the turnout um obviously like the anthony hopkins chadwick stuff was like weird but just because like the whole world's was like expecting um, that yeah, like Chadwick to get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of all Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it was just so at the, like, it was just like the most anticlimactic like thing ever. And they just wrapped it up so quickly and he wasn't even there. But yeah. yeah. Maybe we willed it into bad juju, but we, I, I mean, we, we said like Chadwick wasn't, he I don't think he really, you know, he wasn't like the best performance by far. So yeah. I actually thought Anthony Hopkins was probably my second favorite performance of the season. Um Fair. maybe third, depending on when you're asking me. So I was pretty happy he won. Um but you know, it, it's funny that uh not to defend an old white guy, but he's only actually won one Oscar for Silence of the Lambs. Wow. And he's only been nominated for five. So it's not like yeah. it's not like it like went to Meryl Streep, you know, right? Yeah. Right, where it's like oh, like again, like Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I, I'm fairly confident he d- deserves an Oscar. I mean, for this role he does, but also just like in general. In general, you know, yeah. I, I'm not. There, there are worse people who could have like <laughs> stolen this moment, <laughs> right? Yeah, from you know, from, from Chadwick. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. I, uh, I, th- I think I'm just bummed because it's like and. Fair point, given like he isn't like a runaway Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. like Academy Award winner. But it's like, I think because the Riz Ahmed, like Sound of Music, his performance in that was so I agree. perfect. Yeah. Like that. It's like, okay, what? We're not even like, we're not even going to, that's just going to be a thing we're going to sweep under the rug now. Like we're never yeah. going to talk yeah. about that again. It's just like, that sucks. But uh, well, it's a few get, things it. because it's. I haven't seen The Father, so I like can't nec- I can't speak to Anthony Hopkins' uh, performance. Unreal. Um, and then with all the stuff that I, it was so funny because it's like we were here on the pod. Like I was talking about how I also didn't necessarily think Chadwick was like best in category, but it was like <laughs> still this like huge letdown with like yeah. because regardless yeah, so. of regardless of like whether he rightfully deserved to win or not like i think everybody was just very excited to have that moment to like honor him like it was going to be this like landmark kind of thing for his his career i think we lost more of a pop culture moment versus like 
an like actual a, yeah. robbed award. I, I think that's really what we're mourning here. Yeah. And it sucks when these things happen because it's like just like Ian, you're standing Anthony Hopkins right now. It just sucks that now his moment is wrapped up right. in this like this like mass thing where people are like <laughs> bummed, you know, it's just like, OK, you know what? Like he's an old white dude, but like he's pulled his fucking weight like yeah it's, <laughs> it's anthony hopkins you, anthony. you know he's he's 83 and he's made it through life without any like scandals or hasn't been canceled or anything so i'm fairly it's confident like, it's okay to, to root for him yeah he seems like exactly. the his twitter is amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is like funny. the nicest seems like the nicest dude part of what happened and this goes to storytelling is like they set up like best picture was the third last yeah. nom like no, this is the this is the the, the Oscars. Oscars yeah. Like it's best picture is the thing you do at the end. Like, yeah, this is a crazy thing. So it's like for them to set that up to be like, I was confused for a second. I thought my stream had canceled and it had updated yeah. or something, and I was like, did we miss like four categories? Like what's going on? And then it was like, oh no, they're switching it. It's like, oh, so they're gonna close out with best actor because they're gonna do Chadwick. Okay, yeah. that, I mean that's that makes sense. That's a story. And so yeah. for that not to happen is just hilarious. I, I, mean, I guess it's good to know that the Oscars are not rigged. I mean, if anyone thought the yeah, Oscars right, were rigged, right, it's, yeah. it's, they're clearly not. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, Maybe they should be more rigged. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I have one gripe about that moment also. Like, before I say this, I do really enjoy a lot. I love some of Joaquin Phoenix's movies. I hated Joker. And I oh, think yeah. I I know Catcher enjoyed Joker more than I. No, did. no. Oh, you didn't. Oh, sorry for no, no, no. He, I'm went on, a, he went on a he went on a Joker journey. Okay, but I think he. Okay, no. okay. Landed okay, so, on the side of yeah. Okay, so I really did not like Joker, and I went in wanting to love Joker. So this wasn't some preconceived thing. I just like really didn't like it. I thought it was massively overrated. Mm-hmm. So my issue with Joaquin is that. I get like his thing is like, I'm too cool for Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. It's like, A, you grew up in Hollywood. Like you need to, you need to relax, dude. You need to chill out. No one forgets that you were like a child actor. Like you need to calm down. You're not some outsider. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But like the thing is he totally like demeaned and sort of like, like his position in the show. Right. So when he comes out and he's like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to talk about like what it's like to be an actor. And like, honestly, oh, yeah. like I've never thought of that, blah, blah, blah. And like, I get it. Academy Awards inherently are stupid. But <laughs> t- to me, like, you know, him just like bashing how like the Oscars don't really matter and how like I don't really mm. think take acting seriously really like is kind of like a fuck you to like a bunch of the historic wins that happened. Mm. Right. Like all the, uh, you know, the Yeo Jung Yun winning. Kaluuya winning, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Chloe Zhao winning, yeah, you know, exactly. like it just kind of de- degrades it. And it's like, of course, there's like some white guy who won for the most like obvious role ever. Like he, <laughs> he just because he does that, like right. he gets to pay some damage, like white, like incel, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. I mean, come on, it's just kind of, and lame. that's like what, like this year's Oscars and like all of like the, like the diverse group of people that we got to kind of like honor mm-hmm. and, see winning these awards i'm like this is what we've been sounding off about mm-hmm. so like joaquin you're a little bit too late like where were you five years ago right when we were saying oscars are so white like calm down but i also <laughs> right. miss that whole thing because i was 
like physically and emotionally preparing myself for Chadwick's wife's speech. <laughs> so. <Whoops. laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yeah, Academy Awards. And, in our DMs, I think Catcher actually said, you think, you think Borat, like we, we I, I posted like my guesses, and Catcher's like, you think Borat's going to win Best Adapted Screenplay? There's no way. And then I said, there's going to be one wild card, and I think... You missed, you, the missed the, you missed the one. So I missed the wild card. You missed the wild card. Because <laughs> everything else was like pretty, everything else was like, yeah, like it makes sense. But I was like, there's always one insane moment. And I just, uh, that was it, I guess. So you didn't realize that insane moment was Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. With dementia. Uh, but <laughs> at the very least, I hope people who are like, how did Anthony Hopkins win? Like go out and seek the father. Because I really think it's, it's worth watching. It's, it's really like an yeah. amazing movie. So. It's on my list. I'm very excited to check it out. There's a film from a few years ago, which is like, I believe, somewhat similar premise, but stars Jennifer Aniston. That Mm. I watched with my mom. Were the Millers? No, no. It's about her getting demented. It's about her getting Alzheimer's. Like she's losing. And it's shot so well. And the way they like sort of play with her sort of like losing connection with like the world around her. It basically sounded like exactly how you described the father. I was like, they mm. made this movie like five years ago with Jennifer <laughs> Aniston. So now I want to do like a back to back. Yeah. Give, give us the review. See. Because yeah, make sure where's you have her some Academy handy, Award? That sounds sad. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, I will. I'll come back. Um, <laughs> and Anyway, anything else other than on the Academy Awards, other than uh, this this documentary that we're going to talk about? The international um, section. Yeah. They kind of like showed clips of those films and that actually, those really piqued my interest. Cause yeah, I, exactly. I mean, I think with doing this show, like we've branched, I've at least branched out a little bit of like with what I'm watching and how I'm watching films. Um but seeing that made me excited to kind of get into some of those. And I, I guess I encourage other people to do so. Yeah. Nice. Catcher, oh. uh, you had one more thing, right? Yeah, Glad Close. <laughs> twerking? Not that the twerking was great. But did <laughs> she, was that set up? Or did she, was she pulling that knowledge I, like straight from the top of her dome? Because if she actually managed to pull that from the top of her dome, Glenn Close is seriously <laughs> the coolest person that's ever lived. Hard but to I, say. It's hard I, it, to tell. It's, it felt like thing. it was they were killing time. That that was my guess, but I'm I'm not sure. But the way she pulled that out, I was like, "Are you an encyclopedia brain? Like, what's happening? How did you do that?" She pulled it out and then did the dance move. I was like, "She's so cool." I mean, she's she so was great. like a star, you know. Then then, too. yeah, so that's it, true. It makes sense she, if she's aware of all that. Yeah, um, she I, wasn't I, the big chill, so she must be that cool, <laughs> right? She wasn't the big chill. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah the i felt bad for glenn because she just had to stare at like daniel kaluuya's oscar for like half the show mm, <laughs> it's true seated at the same table just hey look at it it's so shiny i know imagine having one of these uh oscars all right so let's go to uh let, let's let's chat about time which was uh, yeah. nominated for best documentary but it did not win it lost to my octopus teacher which <laughs> is curious um, i didn't see any documentaries um in sorry to cut you off but i didn't see any documentaries besides time in the in that category but 
before I moved, my roommate was watching like the octopus documentary Mm -hmm. and I kind of like got a glimpse of it. And I was just like, does this man want to like bang this octopus? I don't know. Anyways. (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. Spoilers. It was weird vibes. Uh, Sorry, carry on. Um, Anywho. Time uh, was directed by Garrett Bradley. And it's a documentary about um, a woman named Fox Rich. Uh, she and her husband, Rob Rich, they attempted a bank robbery. They both got sent to jail. Uh, Fox, the the woman and the main character, uh, main subject of this documentary, she was released early on parole uh, and went on to raise their family. Um, and basically what she did is she filmed like her life with these kids, with her family and children uh, over the course of 19 years, uh, this filmmaker Garrett basically combined it. And it's like a timeline of her experience and their family's experience. Um, really fascinating stuff, but boom, I'll let you give us hey. the, the, the full rundown. So, so let's get into our time machines. <laughs> um, and we're going to go back to 1997. So while facing serious financial trouble and trying to raise a family, a young newlywed couple decided to take matters into their own hands and rob a bank. Um, The robbery did not go in their favor, and they were caught pretty much right away. Um, Sybil Fox Richardson was sentenced to 12 years in prison, but served only three and a half years. However, her husband, Rob, was advised by his lawyer not to take a plea deal and was sentenced to 60 years in prison. Um, So now we fast forward to 2016. Um, A young black filmmaker, Garrett Bradley, has spent some time working on like shorts and features. um, And she was connected around that time with the main focus of this documentary, Box Rich. Um, and this was while she was working on a short documentary for the New York Times called Alone. So Alone follows a young black woman who is considering marrying her boyfriend who is in prison. And Fox Rich makes like a little bit of a, a cameo in that film um, or in that documentary. But anyway, so after Garrett meets Fox Rich, she comes, she becomes very interested in telling Fox's story um, as a way to explore the prison industrial complex and the effects incarceration has on families and the network of people um, who are in the person's life, like the person who's in prison. Um, filming for time began in 2017 and Garrett Bradley went in with like a well-informed idea of how this story would be portrayed through kind of through style. Um, But she left herself open to being inspired by Fox Rich and her family, but she still couldn't shake the feeling that the film felt unfinished. Um, And so on the last day of filming, Fox Rich handed Garrett a stack of home videos that spanned over um, 19 years. So this obviously added more layers of context and depth to the film and kind of, allowed it to have that more complete um, feeling that Garrett was looking for. So, yeah, that's um, so that's time. And for me, so, like, despite what this film is, 
when I was kind of like poking around some reviews, a lot of them still kind of center around people throwing their hands up and being like, well, like, don't rob a bank then, Mm -hmm. um, essentially. Yeah, there's quite a few uh, out there. (laughs) And for me in my adult life, like, I think I've spent a lot of time on learning that my morals should be like centered around what is considered to be lawful. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean I condone robbing banks, but more so it means I'm not like hanging that responsibility solely on people who commit those acts and instead kind of looking at a society that drives two parents that are like so scared and hard pressed to provide for their families to committing an act like that. Um, And I felt that this documentary like really does a good job at illuminating the prison industrial complex, which is like a beast of an institution. Um, But you know, what Garrett Bradley is able to do is bring it down to this really human level. That's like free of stigma and judgment. Um, So I was wondering you know, to you two, just kind of like how this film made you guys feel. Um, do you find that it was like meeting you up in a place that you already are, or was it potentially kind of working against what you believe or like basically just like how much of an impact did this have on you? If any at all? I mean, my big takeaway about this movie is that I actually don't think it was as much about like the system as it was Mm. how people deal with it and like how it affects families, which obviously that has to do with like one of the same, but I I do think there is like a clear distinction about what the documentary like was about versus, um, you know, it wasn't the whole, I mean, they could have made the documentary and it could have just been them the whole time talking about, uh, you know, all the legal trials they had to go through and like how much lawyer fees and all sort of stuff to try and like reduce the sentence. But Um, Mm -hmm. They just touch on that just a little bit. So I thought that was interesting. Like, I do think there is something to be said, like, of, like, do the crime, do the time. But I think this film does a really, really good job of explaining that people make mistakes, you know, and that that is something that should be counted counted, uh, in, like, the American, like, justice system or whatever. Like, yeah, they just they robbed a bank. They failed. They didn't hurt anybody. They didn't shoot any. Like, it's one thing if like they they shot and murdered a teller. I'm like, I think my barrier of how much pity I feel for them is completely different. And the fact that she and, you know, I did some research and they base they both like he turned himself in after the fact she, um, you know, like there was no arguments on their end. They like were both very and their cousin or his, his brother, right. The third person. In, it was in, like their nephew or something. Yeah. Yeah. Involved. Yeah. Um, from what I've read, they all came clean and they said like, we messed up. Like we acknowledge that that is very different than someone who like robs a bank and like goes into hiding and like shoots people and like all this other stuff, but they're serving the same crime, you know, serving the same time. So I think this is like a very good film for people who are a hundred percent. Like they shouldn't have robbed a bank. Like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have, but look at how, like, there's something to be said of people screwing up and, and making a mistake in desperate times. Mm-hmm. And this film just does such a good job of, like, explaining that to people who, like, can't see. I, I think people who even are super black and white on the issue could watch this and understand, like, the side that they're trying to show for the documentary. Mm-hmm. But in short, it didn't really change my mind. I thought it was really interesting. 
about that. To answer your question, Dave. <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, catcher. Um, it's weird. I feel like of a handful of things like media that I've seen, this may be not because why, but this the style that this is made. It's it's sort of it was the least impactful in terms of how I feel about the prison system. Um, mm. Not because of what they did. That actually never played in. I never even. That's like, I whatever. I don't even think about it. Like when she sits there on the phone and you see how many times that she has to spend on the phone just trying to get a piece of information. Like that's all you need to know about how fucked up the system is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I going into this movie, I've already am completely um, uh, fed up and sick of the prison system in general, mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. Canada and the United States. I mean, the United States, it's even more intense and more corrupt. Yeah. I've seen what, 13, <laughs> is it 13 or 13th? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, 13th. Yeah, I've, seen that. <laughs> I've seen the night of, I've seen, uh, well, what's the, the, also the mini series that she did with the, the, uh, those oh, five when they kids. see us, when they see mm-hmm. us. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. So I, I, we know how it's, fucked up um Mm -hmm. we cannot use jail as a place to put people uh and forget about them Mm -hmm. we cannot just off of them and and then and then profit (laughs) off off of them like this is not and 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 not even to step into that because that's an even bigger totally crazy thing but like we'll keep it yeah Yeah, sorry because like we could talk about how that big this system is in terms of fuck up but it's like we need to start understanding that people who make mistakes aren't inherently bad people. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. can be reformed. Certain acts are not inherently bad. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you're an evil person. Prison should be should be used as keeping the most disturbing and completely deranged away as best we can. But also helping and trying to heal, and also and reforming people. Like, yes, okay. If you if these two people robbed a bank, let's try and figure out why they robbed the bank and figure out what their situation is. And if they've got to do the time to pay for the crime, then let that experience for them be a positive and enriching experience where mm-hmm. they can come out the other side more functional and mm-hmm. a better part of society. Now, yeah, that is not an easy thing. That's mm-hmm. that's an easy thing to say and a lot harder to implement. Mm-hmm. But again, you don't have to look far to see how much the system is not doing that at all mm-hmm. in any yeah. way. In any way for like a lot of people. Of, yeah. More of a focus on restorative justice as opposed to like punishment. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like outright punishment um, would be nice. But yeah, like yeah. And, and this and this has to do obviously a high proportionate amount of uh, people of color are dealing with this situation. Mm-hmm. The, the mentally ill are dealt with in a way that is totally messed up on mm-hmm. top of that. Like there's a lot of groups that just jail gets used as a, let's just put people we don't like away somewhere. So we don't have to look at them anymore. And it's mm. totally fucked up for uh, yeah. countless reasons. So was this, did this movie change my mind? No. And it didn't particularly like fill me with more rage. Um, no, 
But if you know going into it about it, it helps give you context for what she's going through. Because I think the film does something very interesting, which is probably why I didn't get as much love at the Oscars as it should be. Because it's not a straight up documentary that you would expect. It's mm-hmm. very loose. It's very abstract. Not ab- no, actually, yeah, yes, abstract, I would say yeah, it's abstract for sure. Yeah, and so if you, if you don't have the knowledge of this, how in the particular ways the system can let these kinds of people down, it will be a little bit mm-hmm. harder to get a grasp on what's going on. I think personally, that's what I really liked about the movie, though, because the movie is like it. For most documentaries or films, like about prison and, and and the system uh they're all just like yeah. so depressing and this one obviously is in a lot of ways but i found it to be like massively inspiring yeah like like a lot of it i mean yep. there's such a stigma the film focuses like a lot on the kids of fox and rob rich and like you know there's such a stigma and like such an awful thing that like oh you know children of criminals can't do anything blah 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 but like one of the kids like get a go one of them goes to college at 16 he graduates from high school early and then goes to college at 16 another one becomes like a dentist like they are at a top tier university like they you know the way they show that is was like massively inspiring to me i thought that was a really really cool thing to show about how you know it does it not only shows like how well this mother raised that's their kids like not to repeat mistakes and not to give up but also just like these kids didn't let like an obviously awful hand that was dealt to them, like control what was going to happen like in their lives. And we don't see that very often um, in, in, in films or in documentaries. And it was so cool to see that. What she does in this movie is beyond incredible. You get to learn what it takes, what the effort and the struggle and the strength that it would take to keep a family together when this is the situation that you're living in. And this is the situation that you're presented with and it sucks, but anyone can get through any experience. If she can get through Mm -hmm. this experience as eloquently as and powerfully as she did, like Mm -hmm. anything is possible, man. So Mm -hmm. it's like that would, to me, the story of this movie was just like moms are fucking awesome. And we, they, they do not, they, moms do not Truly. get enough effort or praise or love like ever. So that's, that's boom, go ahead. Crush this. My viewing of this was like interesting because to be honest, um, there were parts of it that weren't necessarily holding my attention. And I think mm. that was from, that's just from me being conditioned to like, the way I watch documentaries kind of similar to like what Ian was saying. You know what I mean? Like I like my documentaries where they're like 99% like pure sensationalism Mm -hmm. and like hard pressing facts kind of with like a dash of artistic integrity. But like this (laughs) was like completely The (laughs) the, the opposite, right? Like this film is serving feels like not facts and Mm -hmm it took me a while to kind of understand that that's what was happening and, and appreciate that because I feel like it kind of holds you in the space that like demands patience. Um, like Fox kind of like we see Fox having to kind of continuously exercise her patience. Um, 
And then you kind of get to see these like wonderful moments where she allows herself like these outlets to kind of like get it off of her chest. Um, And it's very interesting to see like the different sides of her. Like you kind of get to see three different sides of this woman. And it's like her as a mom and wife, her as an activist, and then just kind of her like as herself, you know, Mm -hmm. because we get those moments when she's alone. So I think that's very, that was very interesting. And then kind of like tying back into what we were saying before about, you know, like touching on the subject of kind of like imprisonment, imprisonment and like mass incarceration and things like that. Um, I think this film for me really helped me connect with the human side of this because I think there's just so many things happening these days there's so many things coming at you a mile a minute so it's like we could be at like rallies where people are like abolish prisons and you're there and you're like yes like abolish prisons but it's like when are we actually taking a second besides the bigger picture to understand Mm -hmm. like why that is something that we want to see or, or something that we truly believe in. Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of like the residual and and like ricocheting effects of that. These things that happen in our society have on, on people and families and communities. I think that really, um, sunk in for me with this. And so I appreciate what what's being told here um and overall i love that it's like i wouldn't say it's like a love letter to black women but i would say it's like an ode to black mm-hmm. women because mm-hmm. it really just shows how like strong and resilient you know and persevering they have to be because when we talk about like you know all the black men that are getting thrown into prisons it's like we also need to be thinking about Mm -hmm. the women you know i mean not obviously there's like varying degrees of relationships but like (laughs) but like the women on the other end of that that are like holding up families and like keeping them intact and and their mothers that are taking care also taking care of them and like their the communities that they're forging out of this pain right that side in particular i think is also important because even if someone deserves to be in prison for whatever crime they did, there is still there are when there is a family involved, there is still someone on the outside who has to deal with their new life, whether or not it's deserved. 100%. Right. And that, like you said, you know, it's, that's just something you never really see. That's a great call. Um, I, I don't yeah. Really I mean, like, and, and what's fascinating too, is like, you really get to see this thing where it's okay. So she's not only, you know, now she has the kids to take care of, you know, but it's like she also now needs to work through her own like life shit. Like she also needs to mm-hmm. figure out like her own mental stability, her own like, OK, well, she made it. She was in prison for three years. Like that's not a small mm-hmm. that's not a small amount of time to be in prison. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm obviously people get much longer, but it's like three years is enough to do some stuff to you and she's got a, and she's like dealing with that and dealing with like the life choices she's made and she's got to wrangle all these kids and she's got to sort things out for her husband to make sure that he's not going to be stuck in there for longer than he has to be. She's got to, you know, and she's just juggling 
15 things at a time. And you see what's really interesting and cool to see is like, you see her process through that and you get to see what fruit comes from that effort. And like to see, like there's that beautiful scene where she's like, where she's practicing, I think French with her, one of her sons Mm-hmm. And he's like crushing the quiz, you know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. coming as two boom as coming of two Canadians who you know can barely put two pieces of words, <laughs> French that. words together. Like that's incredible to see. But like that's a moment. Like she and I love that they you get that moment extended where she gets to like really take in. Oh, I haven't fucked this up actually. Like I actually <laughs> maybe like did a good job and it's like of course when you're busy trying to do a million things you so never get the time to stop and see the fruits of your labor and i just love that this feels like that the whole movie gets to feel like a celebration of what she's done and the work that she's put in and like the effect that she's had not just on her family but like the communities around her um and obviously her husband in particular and her sons specifically you know so yeah Mm -hmm. let's chat a little bit about the like way it was shot and the story was told i know boom touched on that a little bit uh catcher is giving chef kisses i i I really (laughs) enjoyed the way it took me a while to like get into it i think to sit down with it i think like on a second viewing i would probably like appreciate that stuff a lot more but I thought it was mm-hmm. really cool. It was like pretty shocking to see um like how much footage she so was able footage. to capture yeah. and how it like really gracefully told her story and her kid's story over like the 19 years because um and to do it in a clean 80 something minutes too. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they could have they had so, they must have had so much footage where like they, they could have done a mini series like this or they, it could have been like a 2 hour mm-hmm. movie. But the fact that the, uh, you know, that um, uh, the fact that Garrett Bradley was able to tell the story so well in such a tight amount of time, I think was was really, really cool to see. Uh, I kept on. I agree with you. Um, And I kept on thinking about how incredibly daunting it must have been for her, like Garrett Bradley, to like go through 19 years of footage. Yeah. And how. um like successful she was in kind of like Mm. like I don't know what we've unseen I don't know if there were things that maybe were more fitting but like everything perfectly like accents placed what's going on Mm. exactly Mm. um and I think that's like an incredible accomplishment you know so it's like you ever seen exit to the gift shop yeah, and there's that part where they're like going through the documentary, and they realize they're like, okay, he's been filming, and now they got to shoot the. Now they actually got to make the movie, and he's yeah. just got <laughs> buckets and buckets of tapes, and they're like, how are we going to even go through? None of this is cataloged. Like, how are we going to even do that? Yeah. And it's like that's exactly the task she must have had. Like when I didn't realize that I didn't look into this movie. So boom, when you mentioned that in your thing, where it was like they basically knew the movie they were going to make, it was going to be this kind of story, and then sort of last minute they were like oh by the way here's all this footage it's like mm-hmm. now this is a mm-hmm. whole new movie like mm-hmm. this and it sort of feels like that it definitely i think give if if they could have had like another year i think if they, they had more time I'll, I'll, yes exactly i think they probably <laughs> could have made a better same version of this movie um but 
what they made is so beautiful. And I, I think what's really cool is they do, they put all the footage into black and white. Yeah. Which is really smart. Cause I'm sure mm-hmm. some of this stuff was filmed in color. A lot. I'm sure a lot of it sure, was, all, if not all, all of it, it. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what, what's so great about that is like, it puts everything on an even playing field, you know, like sure mm-hmm. there's quality changes here or there, but like, Past and present feels the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful with how this movie, like, again, talking about how time works in this movie, where it's like time and what's happening is different for each person involved in the story, you know? So it's like some people have never met the dad. Some of them grew up with him. She was obviously in love with him, and now he's gone for a while, you know? So it's like he's been mm-hmm. in prison this whole time, so he mm-hmm. doesn't even know what really what they look like kind of thing. Like, or it hasn't had that same experience. So I think that just helps lend the sort of like out of timeness that the film has is like using the black and white was super smart. Mm. Agreed. Uh, boom. Did you like the black and white at all? Did that factor into how you're reviewing it? I enjoyed the black and white. Like, I don't know if I think it was a good choice to make for this film. I think it kind of like keeps it in this, you know, kind of like nice space, similar to what catcher was saying. Um, and like now having seen it, I couldn't imagine it being in color. Mm-hmm. I think if it were, I don't know if I would like bat an eye at it, but that's, that's my two cents right there. It didn't, it <laughs> didn't, it didn't feel like a cheap trick. Yeah. I thought it was, no, I thought it like, it, it seemed like a very much like an artistic decision. And I think it, it worked yeah. really well for it. Did anyone else, my, my one I guess issue that's not even an issue. The one thing that kind of took me out of the movie a little bit was the voiceover was like very, very it, much it, so it, scripted. Yeah. It sounded so script. Like it sounded like an audio book almost versus like an interview, Yeah, which like, I guess obviously that was a stylistic choice, I guess. And like boom said, like usually when I'm watching documentary, I'm just, I just want to hear like the facts or like, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. Like, so that, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, did, did either of you I'm, have strong feelings about that? Yeah, I felt the same way as you, to be honest, because I was just like, it's very clear to me that like this is like a contrived like sure. narrative right. that's happening with with the speaking, like with with like the literal narration. Right. Um, And I went searching to kind of see like if I could find out what that process is and I couldn't. I imagine that it was probably because it it didn't seem disingenuine like right. it's still it's still like slapped but <laughs> for lack of a better word because she's like a public um, speaker right it seems like maybe that's like from her some of her speeches yeah, right? yeah. and i just kind of imagine like it was either it was like a conversation with like the director or something and they were just kind of you know like taking her words and just maybe like making them a little bit more structured or like specific um right so I didn't hate it. And she uses that um, she uses that tool in the short film alone mm-hmm. as well. And I think it actually really works there. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was like middle middle ground right. on that. Catcher, any thoughts? Mm, not really. I, I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, the, I guess the only thing I would say is like I imagine they used it to sort of like lasso the film together. You know, right. so being it's being so abstract, they can sort of use that to sort of uh, create some connective tissue or something. Mm-hmm. But 
I honestly didn't think it, it just was. kind of unfortunately I think just doing that because it's like obviously like the robbery and, and stuff like that's going to come up but it's again not something that we're like spending a lot of time digging into mm-hmm. you know um but then I think kind of doing that just left it open for more just like for just wanting more because she's kind of starts you off and I'm like okay I just had a felt like I had a lot of questions. I'm like, how did the robbery go go wrong? Yeah, also, yeah. when she's like the first footage when she's pregnant, I'm like, how is she pregnant if she just got out of jail? Right. And like her husband's also in jail. Like I have had so many questions. It's not my business. And that's not what this this documentary is here for. Nope. But just naturally as a viewer and the way that we view like stuff like this, it's just like. It's hard to just like accept. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, you're really and, not going to tell me. That's fine. <laughs> and and like, I th- I mean, for us, obviously, that's fine. But I, I I I do think that them not really going into the details. While I think it works because, again, I don't think the documentary is actually about the crime, and it's it's more yeah, about the family. Exactly. But it does open the film up to criticism that i think could be fair it it immediately looks like they're trying to hide a true story or things like that like i was reading some negative reviews and someone was like well you know the family they also technically did tamper with witnesses with jurors which is super illegal um oh wow here in the united states like it was i mean i think that's illegal everywhere (laughs) oh yeah so i'm not sure how it is in some place but like pretty legal and for me i'm like that's actually like not great um i mean what they did i found an article where like they found the address of like one juror and they went to their house and like begged them to not vote guilty so they didn't like go kidnap the person or anything so it was another like like it was like a lapse in judgment thing but it is like you know if someone just reads up oh they like tampered with the juror and they don't like take any more time to read that read beyond that that just like opens them up to being the film to be criticized. Like, well, they're just really not giving you like all the details because you know, because it is illegal to do that. Like regardless. And again, it is harmless and is another like moment of desperation sort of thing. But I feel like a little bit more that contacts would have helped the movie. That's bullshit. You know, that's bullshit. That kind of pisses me off actually. Like, and just in terms of like, if, if that's how you're, if you're going to watch this movie and this is like, this is not genuine hate, like whatever, like people can feel however they want about movies. I'm not going to be that mad, but like, look at the movie you're watching. You don't seem mad. I know. But like, look at the movie you're watching, like what the story they're trying to tell. Like, this is not, uh, not every story can tell everything about every person's every experience, every time, all the time. But this is a movie about this experience. Like that shit is just not what this movie is about. It's just not what this mm-hmm. movie's about, and it's not what it's exploring. It's not exploring law. It's not expl- – and that's why I was saying, like, this doesn't really have anything to do with, like it, – it doesn't influence me one way or about the prison system or not. It's not about that. It's mm-hmm. just about human beings and perseverance. Like, it's mm-hmm. not about any of, like, did they deserve to be in jail? Did they not? Like, that's not what we're talking about. And, like, I, I can criticize the lack of information as a perspective of, this is a strange format. I'm not used to seeing a story be told mm-hmm. in this loose way. Yeah. I had the same experience where it's like, oh, this is actually a lot more wishy-washy in terms of its structure than I was expecting. And then once you realize that, you sort of settle in and then you go for the ride. But it's like to call criticism on like, oh, you're trying – like this movie is trying to hide something about their 
uh, about their case because they're trying to paint. This is not about them trying to paint a better picture of themselves for like a legal case. Like, right. This is a, no, this no, is no. a story about this, uh, of this woman who's trying to keep the fucking world from yeah. falling around down around her. And it's like, just sort oh, that's so frustrating. Right? Just like just <laughs> watch the movie you're watching. Don't watch the movie you want it to be. Or, I don't know. Mm. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. On that. No, that's fair. <laughs> it got a, it, it got a that's fair from Boom, which is always <laughs> I got nothing. Which is the highest form of praise on on commentary here on Cinenauts. Mm. Uh, yeah. Anything else on time before we go to our categories? I know Catch is going to come up with something later, so we'll just have that uh, pop yeah. up later. No, I actually don't. And I was like, I was kind of concerned. I was like, I don't know how much I'm going to be able to talk about this movie, but it turns out I got heated and I'm angry about it. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to our categories. Uh, criterion moment first. Who wants I'll go. to? Okay. Yep. Catch. Okay. <laughs> Best moment in the movie is when he finally gets out of jail. Mm-hmm. And they have sex in the car. Yeah. That shit yeah, that is shit, the best. That shit, that was shit is the best. Yeah. I cannot tell you how fucking cool that is. One, the camera's rolling. Don't care. Okay. Two, you really need to think about this for a second. This, and this is why I feel like this, like that scene is actually integral to this movie. This woman managed to create and maintain like a sexual mm. relationship. With her husband, who was in jail for 19 years, on top of taking care of six kids, like, while trying to, like, maintain her own life. Like, the fact that, like, I mean, obviously he's in jail, so he was deprived a bit. But it's, like, that passion is Mm -hmm. still there in that relationship. Like, that takes work. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't even get that to happen, like, in regular marriages. (laughs) With a bunch of random boring people just like outside of jail. Like even that's a hard thing to maintain for couples like after 20 years. Like that she – that they could keep mm-hmm. that and that she managed to maintain that. I was like that's amazing. Greatest scene in the movie for sure. Uh, yeah, it's funny. When when they came on and like the little warnings, it's like sexual content. I was like what's sexual content? Right? And then yeah. it came. I was like that's the sexual content. Dude, amazing. Like how yeah. beautiful. She's like they're like wrapped up in each other's arms yeah. and they're like – they're just so fucking hyped. It was like – they wasted absolutely no time. Like yeah. no time at all was wasted. He got out and it was like, they're getting to it. And I just like something about that was just yeah. like so lovely. Mm-hmm. And that shot when they're like done. He's um, yeah. <laughs> and she's just, it's like over his shoulder and she's just there. It's like that shot at her face. She looks like sex crazed and sweaty, <laughs> but like, she just has this, like this, like just, Stunning look on Whoa, her face yes. that's mm-hmm. just like so telling. And it's just, it's just, it was pretty incredible. It was powerful. Mm-hmm. Like she did it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she did this thing that yeah. she set out to do, which was like, I am going to make this work and keep this going. And like, yeah. there you go. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure she had her doubts about it like the whole time and i know that like she kept contact with him and everything but it's like relationships are hard as it is long distance relationships are hard Mm -hmm. maintaining a relationship with someone that's in prison that you literally like can't physically touch or see potentially Mm -hmm. is 
like impossible right Mm -hmm. and so like in that moment just kind of being like okay we still got it yeah (laughs) she must have been like thank god imagine he gets out of prison and like they don't even like each other like yeah exactly the chemistry is gone right right. yeah uh good pick um they were at the oscars last night were they oh they were yeah yeah they were uh i'll go my criterion moment um, is sadder. It is a moment <laughs> where she is one of um, her like self tapes and she is in a restaurant and this is towards the end of the film. She's in a restaurant and she's like talking to him and she's saying, um, you know, it's been a hard whatever, three, four years tomorrow we could be recording together. And then the next uh-huh. scene, it cuts to like the present day, which is, you know, 15 plus years later. Oh, yeah. And that jump cut, I was like, God, I mean, that just really shows you how long she has been waiting for that moment and how many times like they set that up by saying like, you know, basically every Thanksgiving, you kind of find out are they getting out at the end of the year or not because they're not going to do anything for the holidays. And I was like, how many mm-hmm. Thanksgivings has she made that video where she said like tomorrow we can be recording together? And that like completely like got me. I thought that was like such a powerful moment. Um, boom. What about you? Um, mine is like a little bit random, but it was kind of like I like I said before, I or sorry, I said in my review of this, like I felt just basically like based on the time I was watching it, like I did felt feel kind of numb to this, like while I was watching it until like the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, But there was one moment that really kind of got me in my feels. And I thought it was like really powerful and understated and underrated. Um, (laughs) But it was the son, the one that like graduated um, high school early and was in college. And there's this scene where he's in class and there's like a lecture going on and they're talking about like society and like prisoners and how they're like prisoners all are all equal. And it just kind of like holds on his face. Um, and he looks a little bit uncomfortable, but, and he looks like he, there's like a million thoughts going through his head. And it really just got me thinking of like how, you know, despite the fact that they've, you know, persevered and they've all made something of their, of themselves and yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, that's absolutely important, you know, but it's just also like living with this shame that Fox refuse, refuses to let them live with it. But at the same time, it is very real. They're living with this every day. And then just something as simple as like being in a classroom and, and talking about like prison and prisoners and having to sit there through it well nobody's batting an eye i thought was just like very very interesting um which is why i'm happy a story like this exists Mm. because it 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 just sheds a light and and yeah that was that was my moment nice Mm -hmm. nice great moment reverse order now boom Uh, let's kick it off with you what is your satellite pick for time um so mine my Satellite pick for this is just going to be Garrett Bradley's short that she did for the New York Times. I've talked about it a few times already. It's called Alone. 
Um, you can just Google it. It's available like freely. I think it's on YouTube. It's 12 minutes long. Um, and I just think it's really great. It's about a young woman who wants to marry her boyfriend who is in jail. And it just kind of gives this like quick glimpse of all the things somebody making a decision like that has to go through. Um, and there's also this like particularly powerful scene. It's like very climactic moment um, that I found myself really moved by. So, yeah, I would say like check if you got 12 minutes, go check it out. Um, and also some of her like uh, style stuff is in there. It's also black and white. So, uh, yeah, my pick is also a documentary might be in the criterion. Uh, it is uh, 1988's The Thin Blue Line. Um, it's a really it's a really famous documentary directed by Errol Morris. Um, it's about a wrongful conviction um, uh, uh, of a murder in, in Texas in the 80s. Um, it's. It's not, I mean, it's this uh, time is not a wrongful conviction film, obviously, but there are no. like a lot of the same theme themes. Um, so I recommend watching it. A, it's just like it's like it was like a groundbreaking documentary at the time. So just if you've like, seen a crime documentary in the last five years, it is in some way, shape, or form been like influenced by this movie. Like, yes, it's epic. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, you can watch it in a couple places right now. So definitely recommend it. It's it's pretty eye opening. Um, and yeah, like, like Catcher said, I mean, I know everyone like loves true crime right now. Um, so go to the first one mm. and this, this is it. So it's actually kind of interesting. Cause I'd only watched it like recently, like maybe when the last like three or four years. Um, and it was kind of weird when I watched it. Cause I was like, what's so, what's special about this? Like kind mm-hmm. of like, cause it's like, Oh, I've seen this kind of thing a million times, but it's like, this was the, this was like the one the first, yeah, the yeah. first one. Like this was like groundbreaking. Like you could actually use this to like become an investigative, like investigation on a case and like really uncover some shit that was like mind blowing at the time. Yeah. Really interesting. Uh, Catcher, what about you? Uh, So mine is a documentary Mm -hmm. uh, as well. Um, It was one I watched a few years ago. Uh, It's called God knows where I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a downer. So know that in advance. <laughs> Great pitch, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I know. Um, but this is um, ha- has to be seen by all people. Um, mm. that's, there's no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, it is about a woman who uh, suffers from a mental illness. I can't remember what it is now. Um, mm. But so she basically gets out of a care facility. She was supposed to be there for three years, um, but she lets herself out. Because the system is kind of messed up, and um, basically wanders off and finds basically uh, finds herself in like an empty house and hides away. I believe it's schizophrenia because it starts taking over her mind basically, and she ends up uh, shutting in in this house for four months with no food, like no water or anything during like the coldest four months of like that area in you know decades. And uh, unfortunately, she passes because of it. She succumbs to everything that's gone on. But what's amazing is when she's found, um, her diary is there. And so this documentary uses the words of her diary to basically explain her story and who she was. And really, you get a genuine inside look um, sort of at what it's like 
to suffer from mental illness from a first person perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay, so my review is basically this. Um, it's rare I give a five-star review, especially to a film I likely won't watch more than once. But in this case, I have made an exception. This film, while incredibly heartbreaking and in some ways devoid of hope, is vital viewing. Oh, it manages, thanks in large part, to the filmmaker's access to Linda Bishop's own writings to bring awareness to people who don't suffer from a mental illness, the kind of power it can have over the people who are suffering from it. And I just think that's what it does like incredibly well. Like it really shines a light on how the system fails people with mental illness, how it's not set up to handle them in an appropriate way. And like the sad realizations of like what mental illness can do to somebody. It's really, really powerful and really rough, but worth everyone should watch it. Everybody one nice. time. That's it. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, great picks, everyone. Great picks, everyone. Yeah. Nice. So that was time. Um, if you have thoughts about it, you can shoot us an email at centernotspod at gmail.com or you can chat to Boom on social media. So before mm-hmm. we get to Catcher's I'm Pick out here. And, dis- <laughs> and, and, and discuss uh, what we're going to be doing, trying out here on Center Knots, uh, let, let's get to some social media tea with Boom. Tea with Boom. Tea, tea, tea. Yes, tea yes, yes. a lot of good IG posts going so today, t- so yeah. Yeah, I took it to the streets, all right? Or, well, took it to, like, the virtual <laughs> streets. <laughs> like the Cinna Squad. What are we going to call it? Cinna Squad. Ooh, Not Cinna Squad. Never. Whatever. Cinna, Cinna, Cinna Squad. Yeah. Or they're also Cinna Knots. Cinna Knots. Yeah. Our little baby Cinna Knots. Yeah, exactly. Um, so last week when we were originally scheduled to do time, I asked um, throughout the question, what's your favorite documentary? Um, and we got a lot of response on that. So I'll just kind of throw out a few here. So we got a few for... I hope I'm saying this right. Jode Jodorowsky's Dune. Yodorowsky. Yeah. yeah. Yodorowsky's Dune. Yeah. Um, that came from a few places, but one of which I think we all know. Um Dune <laughs> <laughs> Pod. Yeah. Dune Pod. <laughs> um, Grey Gardens was was another one. When we were kings. Dear Zachary, oh, um, God. we got a few Dear responses Zachary. for. Speaking of heavy documentaries, yeah. that one. Oh, okay. ha- have you seen that? Boom. No, I haven't. It is, watch we... it. You have to watch it. it say it nothing is, else. You have to watch yeah, it. Don't it's say unbelievable. Anything. It's it's yes. unbelievable. Yes. It is really unbelievable. Okay. But it is. Yeah. It's yeah. I oh. Is it like a? T- is it, it heavy? It's a tear. Right. Like it's really, really a tearjerker. Okay. I will not say in which ways, but it is. Yeah, just watch it. Incredible. But say yeah. nothing else. Just watch it. You have yeah. to know nothing going in. Don't okay. yeah, don't, yeah, up, don't Google watch it. it. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna yeah. add a lot of these to my watch list because I always appreciate people kind of like giving suggestions. Um, and then a few others was Jim and Andy. I haven't heard of that one. When the mountains tremble sounds intense. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Cunningham, New York. New York 13th, the Burke. Oh, I don't know what that is. Bill Cunningham, New York. Thir- oh, it's like different. <laughs> you like thought it was all one movies. name? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Falling okay, apart. Anyways, so, yes, I am. I'm falling apart over here, guys. Um, yeah, so we got a lot of awesome responses. Um, I threw one in there. It was this film is not yet rated. That's obviously a really fun mm. one. If mm-hmm. If you're into movies and want to know about like censorship and all that, 
Um, and then today, so last week we obviously did our like cute little self-care moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about some feel good flicks that we like to do uh, when we're when we just need a pick me up. Um, so I just asked people what what those movies for them were. Um, and we got a few good answers. Uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Obviously. What a Ooh, what pick. a banger. Yeah. Um, Magic Mel XXL. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> we got a lovely response from Nico. Uh, she said Disney's Pixar Inside Out gives me a good cry. Mm. Reminds me of all that all my emotions are valid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got a lovely response from Sarah in Dippity saying to Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Nor- Newmar. It's all about love. Um, mm. And then she sent us a separate DM just saying that it was her go to 90s homesick, <laughs> homesick from school movie. <laughs> Those are feel <laughs> Which good we movies. all had. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Nice. Did you, did you guys have like homesick from school movies? Yeah. Price is right. That's what I watched. Yeah, uh, I would always oh, watch yeah. like I would always write. <laughs> I would always watch Rookie of the Year. That was that was sort of like like or big. Both of those, I feel like I watched nice. all the time when I was when I was home. Nice, nice. Well, thank, we, like, thank you, everyone. We lived above Thanks, a, a store that had like a a convenience store that had like a very small video rental selection. Mm-hmm. So like I watched Clueless. Clueless was probably like my most. That's a good rented. That's a great. Sick day watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for sending those in. I love our social media tea with boom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So big news on our front. Well, kind of big news. I don't know. We'll see how big it is. Uh, so it's news, it's news and it's big. So catcher, uh, it is catcher's turn to pick uh, our next selection. However, we at the Synonauts, we've been talking and uh, we are going to mix it up for this next month and kind of or next whatever four episodes three episodes and kind of see how we feel about this but we have acknowledged that not everyone watches every criterion movie uh like you we don't do. have three hours a night you to don't have or into a foreign <laughs> yeah. film i don't understand yeah. what you mean and so we're gonna <laughs> test something out a little bit so starting with catcher's pick next week or that he'll announce in a little bit he is going to pick a movie and we're going to discuss from the Criterion Collection or, or channel, and we're going to discuss it as normal. And at the end of the episode, we're going to pick our satellite picks per usual. However, those satellite picks are going to determine our next three episodes. And so we will discuss each episode will be dedicated to one of our satellite picks. And we will use that time to talk about the movie and also talk about it in relation to the first film. Because we also find that we never have enough time to talk about the movies we talk about because they're all very good, sometimes very long, yeah. very dense. Um, and so this is our way to, A, not only sort of talk about movies that are not just strictly in the Criterion Collection, but also expand the conversation around these films that we choose to discuss. Because yeah, as we say, basically every episode, an hour is not long enough to talk about any of these movies. So. We wanted to figure out ways to do that, and we think this is going to be a fun way. So we're going to try it out for this uh, for this next couple episodes, and then people, you know, let us know mm-hmm. how they feel about it. How lucky are they that yeah. th- this is the week we've chosen and not last week, so we wouldn't have to watch all the depressing movies we were just <laughs> right. talking about? Right, oh, <laughs> exactly. <my God. laughs> 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so catcher, uh, yes. what, where are you taking us next week? Uh, so we're going back to uh, the Barry Jenkins closet, Ooh, closet collections okay. for you oh, who yay. are new listeners. Uh, I'm obsessed with this YouTube video from the Criterion called the Criterion Closet where they get directors or actors or whatever to come in and they get to pick whatever movies for free they want from the Criterion from this closet that has all of their Blu-rays and DVDs like inside. And there's one episode with Barry Jenkins and I love Barry Jenkins. So I'm on a quest to watch all of the movies that Barry Jenkins pulled off the shelf. Uh, so one of the things he pulled off the shelf was a, a box set. Now, don't worry, we're not going to do the box set. Uh, it's a five. Don't try uh, me. Fi- <laughs> it's a five film box set uh, from uh, John Cassavetes. Oh, Cassavetes. Yeah, yes. baby. Okay, so um, I've decided we're going to watch. The Killing of a Chinese Book. Nice. I, I have not seen this one, but John Cassavetes is basically like the father of like independent movies. Like he's often credited like the guy who made like indie films a thing. So that's the thing. So for me, it's like I don't really I've, I don't really like I've heard some of the names of his films. I've never seen them. I've never deep dived on him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the cl- Criterion Closet episode, he basically says that this is a this is like a, a whole film school in this mm-hmm. box set. Like you can learn basically everything you need to know about making films like in this box set. So I figured let's pull one out. I kind of wanted to do something like fun and light and exciting. I just I just think it would I, we're on a vibe right now. It's summertime. Yeah. I very easily could pick sad dour movies and I just wanted to like try and keep this energy going. So yeah. I don't know if that'll be the case nice. in this, but um I can give We shall see. Should nice. I give a should I give a bio of the film? So uh, a proud strip club owner is forced to come to terms with himself as a man when his gambling addiction gets him in hot water with the mob who offer him only one alternative. The killing <laughs> of a Chinese bookie. That's 1976. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen this one. Um, I'm excited to talk about it, though. It's been on my list. Ooh. Yeah, I'm also excited. Casavetes is a good place to start for this little like satellite pick Experiment. test because he's super influential. Sweet. Um, okay, great. So I think this is this is a good way to do it. Alright, awesome. Well fun. So next Yay. week we have uh John our first John Cassavetes. Um, yeah. the killing of the Chinese bookie. Great pick, catcher, and Barry Ooh. Jenkins. Let's do this. Alright. Thanks, all right. Barry. Thanks, Barry. Uh boom catcher. Thanks, Barry. I will talk to you all next week. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.